Welcome to episode 322 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 322 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. How you going, mate? I'm very good. It's Getting co- intimate again, aren't we? It's cosy. We are, we're having a few problems with our mixer today, so we're sounding all silent so we are, we're sitting next to each other, we're going with the one mic. Yeah. It's like the old days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, old school, it's a bit of an old school show too. Is it? It is. Oh, nice, so old school show today. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Wait a second, is that my glass of water or is that my glass of water? That's your glass of water. Okay. Um, oh, for the world's tastiest coffee. Don't your cooties. No. Uh, Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Get your electric buffer. You sound like a sideline without the mic, mate. I know. Right. What's all that about? Okay, in this week's show, we've got some. Uh, what have we got happening? We've got. Um, uh, it's Olympic week, Bevan. It's Olympic. Olympic it really places. is. It really is. John, I've got a question before we start the show. Yeah. Why is Great Britain Great Britain? Why, why is it not Scotland, Wales, and. Well, Great Britain is a collection of all the countries, but at the Olymp... Well, I'm not sure at the Olympics, actually. Now yeah, it's Great think, Britain. At the Commonwealth Games, they race for their individual country. Yeah, but why Olympics. do they get away with that at the Olympics? It's a good question. I don't know. Like, Pommies posted on our Facebook page. Because, like, UK, little old New Zealand, you know, we're not beating the Canadians yet. They're apparently, they're ahead of us right now in the Olympics. We haven't got off the mark yet. We're making a comeback, don't worry. We, you know, 20 medals, I'm predicting. But... You know, and the Canadians loving the Canucks, but Great Britain. How can you claim you're the best when you have got five countries working for you? Yes, well. How do they get away with that? Well, it's kind of I, I don't know. Whatever. Just, I'm, you ask me questions, I don't know the answer to. Bevan. Oh, John, I'm very confused because it's just a little bit odd if you ask me. But that's okay. Um, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got some age grouper. We've got eight age grouper. We've got a website. Have we got a website already? Yes, you vetoed last week. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, Coach's Corner and questions and answers at the end. And news, well, ITU World Champs happened last weekend. It was quite funny because two of our listeners, uh, Matt Malloy and I can't remember the other guy, um, both podium in the same race. Oh, yes. And I think yeah. the guy who won it, he goes, yeah, I won my age group. Matt Malloy was like, oh, I got second. Coming back next year kind of thing. And it was kind of funny. It was literally on my Facebook. There two photos were underneath each other. Nice. <laughs> so that was quite funny. But anyway, long course champs. The one thing they did here, um, so the long course is uh, supposed to be 4K swim, 120K bike, 30K run. Um, I had a guy, an age group guy racing, uh, and he thinks the swim is about 4.5Ks long. Oh, really? Yeah. And does the swim time represent it? Well, I mean, the swim time's there, you know, 51 for Nico Lanos and 53 for Macus. So you'd think that's, no, you'd think that's 4K. Maybe my guy just had a bad swim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the distance. It's quite a cool distance. So, yeah, interesting on the guy side of things. It's, for me, this, looking at this field, it's not really a world championship field. The top three exceptional athletes and as yep. strong as you'll get at any race anywhere in the world. Um, but beyond that, it's probably has to me more of a really tough... Yep. Half Iron Man sort of race, but the top three, I mean, you can't take it away from them. You got Chris McCormick took the race out, very impressive run, came home in a one forty five, forty four, fifty five. So what's the distance? Twenty k, thirty k, thirty k. So yeah. was so, he coming to run? But he was, so he was three minutes quicker than Nico Lanos, who's a fantastic runner as well, and he was seven minutes quicker than uh, Dirk Bockel. So you got to remember Dirk Bockel. What was he? 
fourth or fifth last year in yep. Kona. And Nico Lanos has had some, you know, we know how good he can be on his day. So quality top three. And then it does start to, you had one guy in third, Emmy Dalgard from Denmark um, in 5.38. And then it drops off another sort of si- six minutes. And then, yeah, so like we've got here sixth place, Victor Semensev was 15 minutes behind Maka. So... Very impressive to see Maka back in the winner's circle. Um, very strong run. Um, pretty weak swim, which you know, I probably would have expected a bit more out of him in, in his swim. Um, yeah, true. But, he, but he's back. Back doing long course. Back smoking it. Well, a couple of years ago, you gave him no hope in Kona and he won it. He's got no hope this year. You, you think? What, what, no. you, where are you going? No, I, I think, I honestly think a lot will depend on the swim. If he can come out with him out of the swim, have a good swim. But you'd argue that, good. okay, this race doesn't really say that, but... Jeepers, surely your swimming's pretty sharp right now. You would think so. Yeah. But yeah, you would you would have you would have thought so, but clearly his run is going really nicely and he should be able to maintain that. You'd you'd think he'd be able to up his bike a bit more, um, as well. And his Well Crowley stepped up on the bike last year, didn't he? So mm. So interesting times ahead, but mm. clearly he's back in a bit of form. And the girl side of things? Caroline Stephan dominated the dojo. She's having a great season, isn't she? Zena, that's what they call her. 55 swim, 301 on the bike, and then a 204 on the run. So she took it out from Camilla Pedersen um, from Denmark, and then good to see Jodie Swallow, hopefully injury-free again, doing uh, 612 and third, Virginia Barisategi in fourth place. So... Apparently it was a fantastic race. Again, my guy that was racing over there said the crowds were just incredible. Where was it? It was in Spain. Oh, um, nice. Rode through lots of little villages and the whole village was out sort of supporting it. So triathlon's a big sport in Spain. Is um, it? Yeah, no, it's, it does very, very well. Um, but you know, in Spain at the moment, one in four people are unemployed. Well, I think if, if you're youth, which is like under 30 or something, it's like 50%. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. One of my best mates lives here, um, Fraser, who actually listens to the show. Fraser's funny. He teaches English. Yeah. So what he does is he puts the show on and gets it. <laughs> so, so, which is gold. But um, yeah, yeah, he said it's definitely tough times over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which would suck, man. It would suck. Yeah, it's the mean, world. It's, it's one thing when you're unemployed, but then if there's just literally not any jobs out there, which I imagine the case is, you know, it's off. Yeah. What do you do? And, and I'm not sure if it's a welfare state. Like, do you get support from the government? And not, you know, like, uh, political 101. That's where we're going, John. Yes. Okay, then. Uh, and uh, so the next race we have, it's what we call the um, Alp Duez Triathlon. So ne- neither of these are obviously iron distance races. But um, two iconic races, or yeah. two important races. So Alp Duez is really gaining some momentum. They get a big field, a big field there, and they. It's just a cool race, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I had one of my uh, young fellas do the uh, Olympic distance race. So with that, they do. I think it's 1500 swim and then they bike I think the bike's 30 k's including the climb up up the alp and then the run is 6 k's up there so if you want to go do a short so what you, you bike to the top you run around the top you run just run at the top it's on trails and stuff we ran a little bit of a course they did when we were there for um, epic camp last year um, and it's nice it's not well the part we did was hilly but not sort of straight up straight down it was sort of a bit of, bit of a mixture sort of rolling along the side of the, the mountain there um, but, but very cool tough climb but just iconic race I get it, it Ellis is like the uh, PR guru for Team TBB yeah. and uh, geez, I've been doing well like I seem to get an email from every week from Mary Beth saying oh we won another race and, and she actually won it which is bloody great 
in 626. 12-minute um, domination. Yeah, from, over Carrie Lester, the Aussie. And then Alexandra Lawson in third. And good old Tamsin Lewis there. Back on, looks looks to be back on the Team D- BB wagon. Ooh, team interesting. TCBB. Um, so team TBB. <laughs> so we had on the, on, on the girls' side of things, we had first, second, fourth, fifth, and seventh, um, all team TBB, and then uh, on the go- girls' side of things, we had uh, Victor Del Corral take uh, defending his title. So he's a Spanish dude. Don't know much about him, but did in five fifty one. Uh, from David Dallon, apparently. Um, so how, how big a victory is that? Sort of about four minutes, f- just under four, three, three forty-five-ish, something yep. like that. Uh, apparently, David Dallon got a drafting infringement, which oh, was uh, which was more it. than that. Maybe his drafting infringement was four minutes because it said that if he hadn't had his drafting infringement, um, he may have just taken the oh. race. So David Dallon, who's who's in pretty hot form this year, yeah. Um, did it, had a fantastic race, and Alexandro Degasepiri was in third, uh, and then the, the team TBB side of things they got second, fourth, uh, six and seventh. I didn't know Stephen. I thought Stephen Bayless wasn't racing team TBB anymore. I thought Stephen and Bella were doing their own gig. Oh, John, Who it's knows? just so confusing. It is confusing. <sighs> so uh, team. The, the What's Brett, the prize money like there? Oh, Brett Carter there in eleventh place. He was the Aussie guy who decided to pack in his job. He had. Uh, oh yeah. It might have been first age group at Melbourne. And decided to go yep. over and team TBB. Uh, the prize money there, I think, is pretty damn good. Oh, is it? Yeah, pretty damn good. It's it's a, it's a race I'd like to do. Oh yeah, having been over there and, and, and ridden it, I can't remember the other coals that they do, um, but just a honest. Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowhere to hide. Yeah, exactly. Coming up this weekend, we've got uh, Norseman, Austinman. Is, is that it? Ostiman, uh, Ostiman in Germany, and Slovakman two two six. Very, very good. Okay, other news: Collar qualifying for Kona is pr- nearly set in place. And uh, it's pretty interesting looking at this article from uh, Slow Twitch. Yeah, so they've basically listed up um, the athletes, that, how the rankings sort of looked before the weekend's racing. And there was uh, a 70 point, 170.3, I know Calgary was on at the weekend, and there may yeah. be a couple of other tw- slight tweaks. But um, what was interesting to me, the Calgary 70.3 race was on at the weekend, and Rasmus Henning took that race out. Um, and I'm wondering if he, he, if he went over there and just did it to just secure his spot, because... Prior to the weekend, he was sitting in 38th place with 3,880 points. And uh, like guys that were just outside the top 40 were only like 70 points behind him. So I guess he may have just you know, gone over there thinking, crap, I've just got to get a few more points and yep. uh, I should be home and hose. But I think he was probably safe anyway. So at the top of the table, we've got Craig Alexander just... <laughs> 13,000 points in second, Andreas Raylert, 8,000 points. So he's crushing everybody. Um, What's obviously what we're more interested in is... Who's not there. Who's not there. Tom Lowe. Tom Lowe. But interestingly, Michael Raylert is uh, ranked in 41st, but he should... um, Jump up, he'll jump up one place because Craig Alexander gets in courtesy of being the defending champion. So I think he will uh, automatically jump into 40th place. So we'll see uh, Michael Raylett, which is fantastic. He but wait, but it, is he in? Are these people actually locked in now? Uh, I think today is the last day. So if you're 40 now, 
you're locked in so no one can overtake you so if you're 43rd you can't oh okay so I assume again we'd have to look at the fine print but I think Craig Alexander drops out of that so by him being ranked 41st he he, he chops up into 40th place so that's going to be cool he could add another element to that race potentially do you think he'll race it? yeah 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 yeah. he was going to race last year um, but he had that injury I think and he couldn't, couldn't end up doing any Ironman. So Tom Lowe, don't know how much of an influence he would have really had on the race anyway. One that would oh, have... about 13th last year. Yeah, not influencing the, the podium. Oh, not the podium, but, yeah. you know, if he keeps improving. But um, Andy uh, Boucherie, and I probably hashed, hashed that name up, but he was, from memory, was leading for quite a bit of the race last year, and he's one of the real up-and-comers, so he could have impacted the race. He's at 46, so he may still get in. Uh, Clay- how many more? It's 10 more, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Clayton Fattel is another one that probably wouldn't be winning the race, but he could influence the race. Great swim biker. Still got a bit of work to do on his on his uh, his run. And probably the I'd say probably the one person who really could have influenced things would be Terenzo Bazzoni, who's still obviously coming back from an injury. He's down in 99th place. So unless he does another Ironman and goes and wins it, um, I can't really see it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he definitely, if he did well in New York, he would he would. Uh, he would certainly crank some points. So that was, yeah. I think the thing with this system... He, did, but he was Achilles, wasn't he? he was, yeah, he was in... So, so this pain. system, you know, when you look through that list and who's missed out, there's not many. It's kind of pointless, that, really, isn't it? Yeah, so I think, I guess, you know, from, from my perspective, a lot less pros on the start line, but the, all the best guys, the guys that really want to be there to, that are good enough are there, and by having less pros, I guess it's opening the door to have a few more age group slots on the pair because the re- one of the main reasons why they can't increase the size of the field in Kona is, is purely the size of the uh, the pair. There's, there's no more space to put bikes on, and uh, also there's congestion on the course, but that's one of the main reasons. So by taking away Surely you can create spots... Yeah, but you've, you've seen what it's like when they start yeah, that bike yeah. ride. It's just so congested. I don't think you'd really want to put any more people on that course. On the girls' side of things, Caroline Steffen is crushing everybody on top, of the, on top of the field. Uh, and she's similar to Craig. She's got 13,000 points. And next is Marinda Carfrey with just under 10,000 points. Um, notable omissions here, uh, Mary Beth Ellis. And she definitely is somebody who could um, yeah. be a sort of – Top, top fiver um, but she's obviously chosen to do some non uh, WTC races so maybe she's got something else in, in the plans and I remember she, I think she did one of the lower point scoring races so she's maybe not selecting um, the higher point scoring races but she's somebody who quite quite easily might just go and do another Ironman in the next month and, um, and oh and she's definitely up to a qualifying if she wants to mm. so obviously she's chosen the pattern that hasn't got it there but it'd be interesting you know maybe because you know Brett like he does say to the athletes maybe you're not ready for Kona yet and she did Kona last year you know if you look at last year's result for Mary Beth she was doing amazingly well didn't really have the day she wanted in Kona mm-hmm. so maybe it's one of those situations where she may be passing on it this year yeah Melissa <laughs> Rollinson um, who was down on the start list for Ken's she gets in courtesy well would have got in courtesy of her winning the 70.3 Worlds but she hasn't validated that yet with a uh, Ironman finish so she probably won't be there um, Michelle Vesterbury who, who, who always comes up very highly on Torsten's um, rankings is at 28 so she's missing out um, and probably the ones that I think could have influenced the race a little bit you've got Belinda Granger down 31st, Virginia Brissetegi who was third there a couple of years ago when we were there she's only down 35th um, and Nikki Butterfeld who won uh, the Abu Dhabi race earlier in the year she's only down in 45th as well she's been trying to do a couple of Ironmans recently but been 
um, failing. I think she DNF'd in one and, and walked half the marathon in the other ones. So she's out of there. And Bella Bayless is down in 51st as well. So well, probably well, on the girls, a few more omissions. Than well, the no, but I think Mary Beth Ellis will be in because you've got Chrissy there. Yes. And you've also got um, you know, Karen, Karen Thurrick, who won't yep. be racing. And Rennie doesn't need to validate. So there's, there's three right. people. So I imagine. So, so maybe Mary Beth has been racing very smart. Mm, maybe. Go, and go for the money, get enough points to get through. Exactly. So, um, and. Yeah, I think I think Grange is going to try to get there because remember last year when we were interviewing her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, "Oh, she wants to do one more Kona." She didn't race last year. She said this next year she wants to pretty much you know hang up her laces, yeah. court last day, and so I think she'll be trying to get there. Yeah, maybe she's got. I mean, that's the thing. If you go and do I'm she's done Ironman Canada and stuff before. Um, if you go and win one of those um, medium-sized races, or she might even. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's the type of person who would go. Um, she, you know, New York. You know, she can yeah. go over there. It's going to be a weak field. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, pretty good prize money, and she's a good businesswoman. She's got a smart head on her shoulders in terms of that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her on the start line in uh, New York. You heard it first here, and I'm. Yeah, we've, we've, you've confirmed it. There yeah, you go, it's confirmed. Brooklyn. It's official. Yep. Go, Miss Granger. Uh, and so, I suppose so, the thing so is as well. She knows. You know, she's not. You know, she's at the twilight of her career, and. Uh, and so she would know that, you know, going to Kona, she's not going to win the thing now, you know. And so it may just be go out and have that last core experience. And so, you know, it'll be interesting. So we're good to see you there. Winners of Ironman New York, initial inaugural one, which is next weekend. We're going to have Terenzo Bozzoni taking out the men's race and uh, Belinda Granger taking out there the women's go. race. You've, just, you've named it on the show. There you go. There we go, rock and roll. What else is <laughs> happening in the news? Um, Olympic Sean. It's Olympic time. Okay, so tell me what you've been thinking about. What have you been enjoying watching? What's the random sports you've been watching where you've got kind of consumed by it? Oh, I really enjoyed yesterday watching, um, and again, it was only a clip of a, a Kiwi guy doing the uh, the canoe slalom. It was oh, that cool. was pretty cool, he wasn't was it? pretty funk. He was, he was doing quite well. Did he do all right? He got into the semi-finals. I'm not sure if they've had the semi-finals yet, oh, but he got okay. into the semi-finals, so it was pretty impressive. Um, the gymnastics is always pretty freaky, and again... Those I, guys I, are unbelievable. But when would you ever watch gymnastics? If, if you yeah. turned on the TV and gymnastics was on, would you watch it if it wasn't the Olympics? Well, I don't know, because it's just never on. Mm. You know, because it, it, it's, it's a fascinating sport to watch. Mm. It's just the admiration you have for the guys. Those guys on those rings. Did you watch the rings, guys? No. Oh, phenomenal, man. Like, just, if you ever get a chance, try to go, if you're at a gym, which Sean's always pumping iron, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. We call him Schwarzenegger when, when he's not around. Um... Grab, grab like a hand weight of your body weight, so half your body weight in each hand. So you might go, okay, I weigh 80 kg. Try to lift up a hand weight of, you know, <laughs> of just to the side, you know, lat raise. It's almost impossible. Just, these guys hold their bodies straight, which in like the crucifix, which you kind of go, oh, that's pretty impressive. But then they go long out mm. and are straight and their body's like horizontal. Well, it's just a, so impressive. Try and go and do one chin up. See if you can do a chin up at the gym. Oh, come on, John. You should be able to do a chin up. Not even, I can assure you, a lot of people cannot do chin ups. Oh, okay, we'll sharpen up. Yeah. Chin ups. <clears throat> chin ups are like level oh. one in comparison to their level 10. Oh, totally. But I could only do, I can do probably about nine chin-ups. It's about, I might be able to get to ten with a with a bit of a bit I of a struggle. I'd through to ten, mate. You yeah. get to ten. But I, I take my um, my group out running. We go around Hagley Park and yep, um, chin-up machine. Chin-up machine there, and yeah, you know, a lot of the girls can't do one chin-up. Mm-hmm. And these are pretty pretty fit girls. Well, tell them to sharpen up. I will. Yeah, see, Bevan said you're weak. Exactly. <laughs> you're weak. Sharpen up. But uh, no, it's been good so far in London. Was badminton? Badminton, yeah. Badminton would be a bigger sport, John, if it didn't have to be an indoor sport. Because yeah, the window is ruins it when you play outside, doesn't it? Shuttlecock goes everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, watched the quite a, or watched a, a reasonable amount of the the men's road race, sort of fast forwarding and watching for any action and stuff because it's two hundred fifty k, it's long stage. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and watch that. The crowds were insane. Were they? It I watched. The, I watched this bit of, ridiculous. Was a little bit of it. Um, but then it was kind of, I didn't have my sky or your little tea box. Yeah, and uh, so that was pretty insane. And one thing, though, if anybody that watched it would know this, a dog ran out in front of the bunch. Yeah. What happened there? That was scary. You just really? saw it. They had those, well, they were watching the, the leaders, and then this dog just ran out in front of them. <laughs> Nobody, it didn't hit anybody, but God. Did the owner? Did they? I don't know. I think they, they, they did a village bash. It was going through a village. I think the village bashed them, put them up on the. Fair you know, enough. Got rocks through. Old the school, heads. mate. Yeah. Taking it back to real London. Exactly. <laughs> did you watch the opening ceremony? Yes. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good, wasn't yeah. it? London, you're doing pretty well. Just need to sharpen up on that weather and we'll be all good. Is the weather bad? It, it was, was raining it? yesterday. It was crap. Oh. Mm. Cost our, our equestrian team a gold medal. Times. We were going to win a gold. And you, you Aussies <laughs> took you down in the women's hockey. That was pretty entertaining. Yeah, that was pretty entertaining. But what's going to be entertaining, the most entertaining thing, is going to be the women's triathlon this weekend on uh, Saturday night New Zealand time, so Saturday morning over there. And it's going to be a really interesting race. Guys race, it's basically the Brownies race to to lose, essentially. You know, I mean, they're they're hot, hot favourites. But the girls, very wide open. There's quite a few permutations that, that could happen um, so last year at the, the the race they had over there the trial race you had Helen Jenkins taking out the race pretty convincingly so she's the pommy hometown girl and she's just really strong across it? the board she's just she's an axe across the board she's always right up there out of the swim like in the first couple out of the swim yep Often goes on breakaways in the bikes and and holds away with a with a group of three or four and then but in this race she came off and she just ran away from everybody. Really? So she was uh, she she is a favourite for the race and um, and rightly so and we're going to talk about the odds in a minute and folk if I am actually going to go down to the TAB. You going to put some money on it, John? She, um, uh, she would she would John, get, she, she would get out of my wager. It's it's I'm, I'm not betting with my heart, Bevan. I'm betting with my head. Trying to make profit. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the odds are pretty good. The odds are pretty good. We'll go into that. Um, so I think she's a clear favourite on the girls. Clear favourite? Um, she's she's a favourite. It's not a Brownlee favourite. No, 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 by no stretch. But the the girl who's who's had the hottest form, if you haven't been following the ITU this year, is Erin Densham. She's been crushing everybody in, in almost every race. You don't even oh, you do. So she is probably the person that's carrying all the form into the race. Whether she's had to peak earlier in the season and can't quite hold it on she, the, she was at Aussies it was a late selection process so she had to be in top form in sort of March April May and I just wonder with her first Olympics um, having to peak really early in the season the other girls have had their seasons building I'm picking she's going to crumble you, you do? I think she's going to crumble. Going downtown. She's going down. Okay. Uh, and then you've got the other contenders. You've probably got about six or seven other girls who could really... Um, on their day. On their day could do anything. Uh, so you've got Andrea Hewitt. Um, she has not been this good, th- that good this season um, compared to where she's been at in previous seasons. Oh, really? She hasn't really been on the podium. She's always been sort of fourth, fifth, sixth. So I'm a little... I'm worried but excited for her. She's either... Worried <clears> but <throat> excited. Worried or... You've got mixed emotions, haven't you? She's either... Changed, changed it a little bit this season and is going to peak perfectly or she, I think she's just going to do the same again sort of 5th, 6th, 7th something like that so um, she's, getting a, she's getting a little money on her I'm going to, I'm going to bet on three girls and, oh you are uh, how much got, are you going to bet well I've just got to look again carefully consult the odds you like a bit of a gamble don't you yeah so <laughs> yes, with the gamble. Andrea will get a little bit of money um, Nicola Spurig has been really strong and, and should there be any breaks on the bike she's a really strong biker and, and, and a good runner so she could be, could be amongst it Emma Moffat Aussie girl, 
get starting to get a bit past her prime. Probably I reckon she's going to get sort of fourth, fifth, something like that. But she's the bronze or silver medalist, so, so bronze medalist from Beijing. And then you've got uh, Emma Jackson, can't count her out, another Aussie. And then Riveros is a little Chilean. And if it comes down to she a pure, yeah, but she's a little chilly. <laughs> if it comes down to a pure running race, um, she could do it. The, Who's under the radar? Under the radar, <laughs> Bevan's reading all my notes, is uh, Finlay. What the hell's her first name? Um, Mary. No. Uh, Scott. <laughs> I can't even remember her name. Finlay, the Aussie girl. What about Dark uh, no, Horse? No, no, she's the um, Canadian girl. I can't remember her first name. Canadian. Anyway, Finlay. The, the last year, she came onto the scene and just crushed everybody like won every single race that got injured hasn't done anything since so oh. she's got no form going into it but uh, but she's under the radar she certainly could what about be. dark horses <clears throat> the other Kiwis you reckon yep seriously <clears throat> for, for a medal for, for potential like Nikki Samuels if she gets a breakaway on the bike she's her running is she's been running fantastically the last she's couple little of races isn't she no who's the little blonde girl Debbie Tanner, she didn't get in. Oh, it's pretty cute, that Debbie Tanner. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. She's, she's not in there. So um, if she can get away and get a minute minute to a minute and a half on the bike, uh, she, I think she could hang on for a, for a medal possibly. And Kate McElroy, potentially, if everything... She, she's, oh, Samuel's the one who did your race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. good friends. Yeah, yeah. tight, tight, tight. Yeah. tight. Yeah. Kate McElroy, outside, outside chance for like a bronze or something like that maybe. Okay, Jombo, so you're putting in my... So he's got the odds. He's gone, is this New Zealand TAB? This is New Zealand TAB. So, so Helen Jenkins playing 275. Paula Finlay. Paula Finlay, that's There it. we go. She's a Canadian, John. See, this, these odds, I was I have a bit... We big, can't let the Canadian beat us because we're trying to beat the Canadians. Exactly. I had a big discussion with one of my guys on the run. Morning, Joe. Uh, big discussion with one of my guys on running uh, running last night about these odds. These odds are not very well thought through because like, they've got Paula Finlay there at second favourite. She hasn't done anything for like over a year uh, now. They, a mistake. All they've basically done is gone back to the last couple of Londons. Why have they got Andrew there? Hewitt at fourth, but she's paid six in Nicholas Brigg? That's probably her, her number, I'd imagine, in the race. No, maybe. That's the odd. Yeah, that's oh. the odds. That might be her race number or her, oh, okay. or her ranking going no, into no, it. I'm right. not sure. So, yeah, Nicholas Berg, I think, is a good bet at nine. So, wait a second. How much money are you putting down? I'll probably put 20 bucks on each one. On each one? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I've got to work out and make sure I'm going to get Can a Can you do a qu- like a trifecta? No, see that's that's the thing. Oh, trifecta would be great. If, if I it? could go each way, you know, if you yeah, could put twenty if, each way, then I'd go for it. But you've got to bet on the win and the win only. Uh, so I've just got to work out if I could, if I'm going to bet on three, I've got to still get a return whoever wins. So if I put, so if you put twenty dollars on, if I put sixty bucks down on Jenkins, you're just going to get your money back, really, aren't you? Seventy-five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah but if, if you, who else are you going with? Hewitt. I'll probably go Helen Jenkins, Andrea Hewitt, and. Um, I'm, I'm reluctant to put it on Dention, but she's paying eleven dollars. Uh, I don't need the oh, don't need the money to sway you, John. <laughs> don't do it. Go with go with the win because yeah. Hewitt, you get three hundred sixty back, won't you? Yeah. Yep. So you'll be a three hundred dollar profit. No, I'll get one hundred and twenty back. What do you mean? You do twenty dollars? Oh no, because yeah, it's only twenty. Okay, so you get double your profit, but eleven dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. a lot of money back then, don't yeah, you? Can go. Take a week off work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I'd go. I think even though my head says no to Dentium, she is carrying a bit of form. She's my sort of my backup. So I'd probably I'd probably be going. Well, Jenkins, if your head does say no to Dentium, who would be the third? Um, you just want more money, don't you? Good question. The greed's getting to you. You're revealing your true self here. You're greedy. I think <laughs> I'd probably go. I don't know. 
Maybe Moffat. Maybe Moffat paying. Moffat, how much is she paying? 15 bucks. Well, see, there you go. She pays more. Yeah. 15 times 20, that's 300 bucks. Yeah. So then you make it a good 240. 240, yeah. yeah. So pretty good odds there. But I think I think Helen Jenkins looks like a good, sensible, sensible bet to me. But the, you lose the, on here. The, uh, one of the things, so the course, for those who haven't been following it, it's, it's not a pan, gonna, pancake it's, flat, yeah, isn't it? Uh, the swim, I'm, I'm, I don't know whether it's going to be wetsuit or non wetsuit. It's, it's usually sort of borderline. Last year it was non wetsuit. And given the weather's been absolutely crap in London, but they have been in a few hot days, I really hope it's non wetsuit because Andrea Hewitt doesn't swim so well with a wet, with wetsuit on. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The bike course is just a, it's just a pancake. But if it's a wet day, does it make it cold? Well, if it's been it's been a cold, wet summer build up, uh, so the lake potentially could be a bit bit cold. What's the temperature they work at? Oh, I don't know. John, you're the ITU expert. I'm, I'm thinking probably 23 um, degrees. Yep, 23. It's special. Pancake flat bike course. Not very technical. Not a lot of opportunity. Just so it's going to be a boring watch, isn't it? It is going to be a boring watch on the bike, which is disappointing, really, uh, isn't it? And the run the run's kind of cool. Um, so why did they make it so boring? Well, there's no hills in the centre of London. Well, we just take a little bit out of London. But that's the whole point. You're, sh- you're showing off all the sights of London. Uh, the guys, making a boring race. The, the, yeah, <laughs> the guys' side of things. Um, we'll it's talk about this a bit more. A bit more of the race next Wednesday week. Is. I think it's on. Pretty sure it's on Tuesday. Well, we're, 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 after our show. Or before our show. Sure. I'm not sure. Well, we should talk about the guys' race now then. Okay. Because we don't want to risk it and get the next thing. Oh, we missed it. Okay. Because we're reporters, John. I'm putting um, money on Alistair Brown. He's he's only paying a dollar seventy, but I still think that's a pretty. Well, pretty but John, good bet. if you do your sixty dollar thing, that's not a very good bet. I just have to work it through. I don't know. And the guys side of the guys race. I don't know if I'd, I'd. I'd just have to figure it out. Okay. So wait. You go twenty twenty twenty. Who would you go? Brownie, Brownie, Gomez. Oh, would I go Richard Murray? Oh, he's paying seventeen, John. <laughs> yeah, now that's a good win. That's it. <laughs> oh, now the greed's coming out. Seventeen times twenty. What's that? That's heaps. That's like three forty. So if I put twenty bucks on Brownlee and twenty bucks on Murray, what am I going to get? Well, you get you get three forty. So you end up you you end up with about three twenty in your hand. Uh, 30, 34, But I, yeah. So I'd, I'd lose if I put twenty on each of them. I would lose money if Brownlee wins. If Brownlee wins, wins. Yeah, but you're going to lose money if Brownlee wins no matter what. Unless you probably, only go Brownlee. Yes. That's probably the safe bet. <laughs> yeah. Thousand bucks on Brownlee. It's pretty amazing odds considering the field. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like in the girls race, yeah. 275. You know, like you look at rugby sometimes, it's 50 50 split and they give you a dollar, you know, but when you've got a field of this big, you think the odds would be. So you, you, know, so you think that's a, it's good money or bad money? No, I think it's crap money. He is so clear favourite, though. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I know it's true, and it's yeah. You know, I'm not an odds maker, so I, I'm probably well wrong. But I think that's quite good money. <laughs> He's so such a clear favourite. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on him. You're, <laughs> you're backing him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about his brother? What about Gomez? He might come out of nowhere. He'd be last Olympics. No. He's just been waiting. He's been losing deliberately. False sense of security. I can I can und- I can understand one of the brownies. Oh, I don't know. I can't imagine both of them are going to fold. Johnny Brownlee is not that much better than the other guys, um, and I could see somebody overtaking him, but I can't see both of them folding. Um, what about Richard Murray? He's South African. Richard Murray is the he's a man on the rise. Uh, hopefully, the well, not hopefully. Um, 
hopefully you know you have lots of packs on the on the bike and uh, things get split up. He's he's a weak swimmer. He's a former Jew athlete. If it comes down to just a big pack ride, he's certainly got a chance. Um, he's running better than the uh, you know he's not in the same league as Brownlee, but in the last couple of races he's shown he could be there. What about Bevan Doherty, John? $60. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, back it up. What's going on here? They've got Will Clark, number eight. He's not even in the Olympics paying 50 bucks. Well, that's a bit of a rip-off, isn't it? <laughs> that's scheming it. Unless the British team's changed, but he's not the third British person. The third British person was uh, Stuart Hayes, so that could be interesting. What about Doherty? 60 bucks? 60 times 20? What's that? It's good money. <laughs> yeah, it is good money. So, just saying... It's one thousand two hundred dollars, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got Bevan Doherty. It's paying great money. Yeah. You so don't have much got, faith in him, so do you? No, I don't have any faith in the Kiwis. <laughs> I've got no faith. That what's going to have to happen here is what happened. Lie, John. Lie. No, what's going to have to happen here for anybody in this race to have a chance is they've got to shut the brownies out of the race. And so what's got to happen is you've got to have uh, all the countries basically teaming up on Great Britain, and that's the, uh, that's the only do way think, I can do see. Do you think that talk's happening? Do you think Doherty's going? I think in, Come on, in, Gomez. No, I think in each team it will be. But do you uh, think even as an overall? I, I wouldn't have thought there'd be a lot of a lot of that talk because it, those guys need to get a medal. It's I think they've probably almost discounted the gold is is gone. But really, is that good? I, I think that the only way they're going to beat the Brownleys is if they basically just go attack after attack after attack after attack on the bike. And they but need the Brownleys are animals on the bike, aren't they? They are, but they can't, they the can't cover everything. Yeah. So if you go, right, New Zealand, boom, attack. They, they reel them in. Australia, attack. Great Britain, uh, not Great Britain, um, <laughs> Germans, attack. Frenchies, attack. If they just do a constant attack, somebody will get away. They can't cover absolutely everything. Uh, and that's the only way I can see it. What happened in the road race? Because they're going to what happened in the road race in the, on the bike. What happened there? I didn't really watch much of it. Oh, they just got a break and, the, and it's, yeah. We could we could sit here and talk for ages about bike racing. Go go read cyclingnews.com. No, no, I just want to know, was the Kiwi boy ever in a chance of a medal? Because he got away with that break, no, didn't he? Not really. There was a pack of 25 or so. Oh, was he a good finisher? No. So no, not really. But the they, they, were just, they were just all. Was it Kazakhstan? So if there was one person in the bike race I didn't want to win out of however many there was, the, the one single person that won won it. Why? It's a very dirty victory. I'm not happy. Why? Because he's a drugs cheat. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's been busted and he's ah uh, dirty victory. Dirty. Shame on you. Yes. Okay. Well, bike race, John. Bike <laughs> the news, there you go. Bike race. Got it off my chest. Cancellara crash out. He would have absolutely crushed them. What about what happened to the guy who was always going to win? Well, that was only if it's coming down to a sprint, and they all they but stuffed pop, up the teammates let him down, didn't they? Well, I wouldn't say that. They did. They let him down, John. Well, he was guaranteed a gold medal before the race. Yeah. All the all the media were going, "He's going to win it." It's like it's cycle racing. It's pretty hard to guarantee a win. He's going to win it. Yeah. And this team let him down because this team were meant to pull him up, weren't they? They did a lot of work. Nah, weak. Yep. It should be Scotland anyway. Yeah. Anyway, sponsor. Uh, Athlinks.com. So we had last weekend, I think it was, uh, was it the weekend before, Ironman Lake Placid, and uh, some smart people have got onto Athlinks.com and they have uh, put up their unofficial results because they're Ooh. still obviously getting the, getting, making, waiting for the, all the tweaking and the results to happen with, with Ironman. So Athlinks don't put them up straight away. But what you can go on there and do is you can put your unofficial results up there. So 
here we go. So click on a couple of these names here. So we've got Christopher uh, K. Christopher K. But if you click 51. If, if you click on their name, then you can. Jeez, uh, he only got it. So nine minutes under. Christopher what? Kaiser. Kaiser. The Kaiser. Hollison, Massachusetts. Go you should back. join that 5K running club. You should Get do. Five training Christchurch. Click on it. No, click on it. No, it costs me money. <laughs> Go back and we'll find another person that, that, that went in there. Who was the fastest out of the people that have put their unofficial results up so uh, far? Um, six, six minutes 09. Oh, Cindy, Cindy J. You had an outstanding race. What about Jerome? Jerome J. Jerome um, Al, oh, oh, sorry. Where are your glasses? Where are those <laughs> I'm glasses? Jerome Le Jamtel. Jamtel, he's from New York. Nice word. Oh, there's another five play running club. It's everywhere. They're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> I'm spending $70 a day on it at the moment, so that's why. Nice. Um, yeah, he looked pretty happy. He's got a good photo there. Escape, a photo. Escape from Alcatraz photo, even. And he's great. He's really into athletics. He's got 44 results on athletics. Nice. He's 44 races, so let's have a look at some of his races. Why don't we go? Boston Marathon, 312. Nice. So, so go back and we'll see what he ran. What did he? Oh, he hasn't put the splits up there yet. So um, nice. Go back. Let's find another. Give another person a bit of love. Oh, five well, k running club and crush you. <laughs> you uh-huh. it. Um, okay. So then we've also got Carol D. She had a fourteen oh seven. She, she's in day, I think so. She's got thirty races on here. Nice. And who? She's done Carol, um, Chicago Dun- Marathon. Dunstan. Oh, she's a pommy going over there. From not what? a sports person throughout my early life. Hated games at school because I was rubbish. Always enjoy it. Do it. How do it What's a pommy accent sound like? Oh, just, just, I'm not going <laughs> to. Give me a pommy accent. Come on. Give me something to start with and I'll, and I'll read it as a pom. Come on, Cobber. Come on, Cobber. So I always enjoyed this woman. And that's, 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 right, that's right. Yeah. But I never swam competitively. Got, got on myself a few years back and I aimed at doing some spin triathlon. I was persuaded to give it a go because some friends were doing some of it work. It convinced me that I didn't have to give it and let athlete take part. It's been addicted ever since. On you. Okay. I think for the people that normally can't understand Bevan's Kiwi accent, <laughs> now the Kiwis can't understand it, and uh, so nobody probably understood that. <laughs> Joe jo- didn't even understand me, did jo- you, babe? Joe included. Uh-huh. Uh, the outlaw, she did the outlaw triathlon. Nice. The Chicago Marathon. Carol Dunstan from Evesham, Worcestershire. Nice work. Tell you what, she must have some coin because she's traveling around the world and doing all these awesome <laughs> races. A 5K running club, join you. She goes, join her. <laughs> And we'll give one more person a bit one of love. One more person a bit of love. And here about Paula. Paula. Here's another Ethlinks favourite. He's got lots of races up here. 13, 52, 42. Paul Ryan from Torrington, Connecticut. Yes, he's done a lot. He's done the Rev 3 triathlon. Nice. Did the half? Nice. Nice. So basically, the deal here is, um, as I said, you go into Ethlinks, um, you can add these events. He's got to some you. mates on there. Good old Viv. Yeah, yeah. And our Scruffy. Oh, Scruffy and Ken. You can add these events to uh, to your calendar, and then when the event's done and dusted, you can quickly go up there, put your unofficial result up there. Once the official results do go up, they'll just get overwritten, and you'll have your official results up there. But Scruffy's got 93 results. Nice work, Scruffy. But also, Paul Ryan... Yeah. Is in the Hartford Extended Air Triathlon Club. Didn't they send us some socks yeah, or something t-shirt. We, had, we had the Heat's t-shirt. Nice. Yeah, so it's a small world, John. It is a small world. Yeah. And it's just get on the athletes. Oh, that's me as well. Okay, yeah, just <laughs> click on it. Bloody hell. <laughs> just click on it. Okay, so athletes.com, guys, get onto it. Uh, hot topic of the week. Now, we've been poor over the last few weeks because last two weeks in a row, we haven't actually said what the hot topic was. No. We haven't been that sharp. We'll admit it. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sharpen up right now. So last week, what were we gonna talk about, John? We were gonna talk about if uh, WTC had they said right, we've got a million bucks extra to put into 
prize the prize purse for for pros would you like to see it go more into a uh, a series prize pool because last week we were talking about the itu side of things and they have a great prize pool for the overall series or would you rather see it go somewhere else you know whether it be a regional championship or just pump it straight into into the kona prize pool and make that bigger so Joshua Crabb said, put it into a jackpot that grows by $1 million each season for the course record in Kona. Oh, that's a cool idea. Goodness, it wouldn't go very often because Crowey broke the course record. Imagine if he won $20 million. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Cause, and yeah, that'd be great PR. I think Luke Van Laird set that record in maybe 1996. It would be around about that time. So... So 96, so it would have been... 16 years. $16 million. And prior to that... It was um, Mark Allen set the record in... 89? No, it wasn't 89. It was... Uh, yeah, they got the record in 99. Or did he beat it after that? No, Iron Moore was the record. Maybe. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. Because anyway. it, it was the day he beat Dave Scott on his fastest day. Mm. And... I can't remember how quick he went the year and he had to run down Hal Regal. Maybe it wasn't that quick. Oh, maybe. Um, okay, afterwards maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. So... Yeah, that would be a big jackpot. That uh, would be cool. Imagine if Corey won $20 million last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would, do you think, well. You've got to have the perfect day. You've got to have the perfect day athletically as, as an athlete over there, and you've got to have good weather conditions, and they had that. Did Corey he, have the perfect day last year? Lost oh, it in the last so. part of the run. Yeah, but I think as close as. as well, it wasn't perfect, but. Yeah, but the weather conditions were perfect. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Chris Haig, <clears throat> regional and world champs, especially prize money for age grippers. No, we've discussed this one. Most people say no to prize, pri- prize Sorry, money for age Matt grippers. Matt Lippers going, I would keep the money for the pros and hope the pro field grows thanks to the monetary incentive. Put most of the money in the world champs, Kona is 70.3. Put most of the rest of it towards the regional champs. Then t- I didn't finish. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then take a little bit of it and add it to the smaller races that have lower winnings, so whoever wins could cover their costs as well. Take a little home. Craig Kirkwood, firstly, I'm sure the WTC has more than a spare one million. Secondly, why would they do anything? All their races sell out, some in minutes, and the best pros already show up to the race for the cash they're offering. John, I'm going to veto your one this week. No. Yes, I am. No. I can wait to know, because I'm going to do one that's topical. But this is... To- this. Oh. You all can go any time. It, it flows into this topic. No, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to we'll go. We didn't even talk about this one last week. John, you're like the one I'm coming up with. Uh, Greg Nicholson, Chris, prize money for age groupers. Oh, he's kind of saying what you have. If you want prize money, then train hard and turn pro. <laughs> uh, Christine McKinley, some more dollars in Kona, but pay more deeply, i.e. the top 20 pros rather than the top 10, as opposed to even more dollars to the winner. Same in the regionals, pay more, and plus pay down to 10th. Well, well what Scott Horns is saying, is uh, put, put it in short series, uh, only requiring pro to race two 17.3s, one Kona, mm-hmm. one Ironman and Kona. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like that idea? Yeah, it's got some. It's all right. But the problem is, which other race would you have? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also got the having better age group awards would be nice. He um nineteen ninety nine Ironman Florida age group winners won a wetsuit, wheel sets, etc. So we've discussed that before. I I don't know if it varies from race to race, but I I I think age group is getting a decent prize, like a pair of running shoes or something yeah. decent would be quite nice. Would be good. Yeah. And well received, I'm sure. Uh, Scott Horns put it into a short series. Is that the one you just did before? Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Good to see you listening again. Yeah. Greg Nichols, WTC. Uh, oh, WTF. Do you people want age group triathlon for money, swag, prizes are for pro, period, full stop. 
Tony Hodge, none of the above. They should use it for spot prizes for the age groupers across all their races. Okay, I'll finish off with Joanne Prezel. Um, I'm with Mecca. That it is a joke that Cone has such a low payday. Put it there. Also, better it goes to people who have been slogging it out for years versus those young whipper ITU snappers. Should we do a, to do a combined, uh, do two options for, for Hot Topic of the Week? Well, mine's quite good because it's about the Olympics. Okay. Mine's quite good as well. <laughs> okay, Joe, we'll my, do both. Mine ties in with Craig Kirkwood's. Okay, you go. So why would they, do, why would they even do, think, consider doing this? So, okay, we'll save mine. My, mine. We'll save mine for next week, but mine is do the pros really matter? Uh, wait, do, wait, do, do your do cough that. thing. Do, do your cough. <coughs> I think we've done the pros matter thing before. Well, we're going to do it again. It's topical. It's basically do, do the pros. Have a think about it. do the pros really matter? If 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 there was no pro field at Taupo, for Ironman New Zealand, would you still go and do it? Do you guys really follow what the pros doing, other than listening to what we talk about? I think probably some will, some won't. Okay. Yeah, I think we are the voice of Ironman for a lot of people. There you go. Yeah. Good. Just because okay. just, well, we are probably the podcast they listen to. So What's yours going to gonna be? Who's going to win the Olympics? No, John. Because no one can win the Olympics. I suppose medals. The Chinese are. Yeah. China, China's got it. Did you see that swimmer? Turtle juice. Yeah. Did you see that swimmer? I didn't actually see the 400. It was 400 AM, wasn't it? She beat the, the guy in the last 25. She did faster than the guy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he did. Who's the American guy who's who's the fast uh, one now? Is it Lofty or Lockie or whatever yeah, it is? Yeah. So he did like a 27. I can't remember exactly. And she did a 26.7 or something. Right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive, really. Yeah. Just, just saying. Hey. Communist China. Anyway, um, if you could compete in any Olympic event, and you know, based on your ability right now, what event do you think you could compete in to do the best in? That's the question. They don't have tiddlywinks. I'm screwed. No, but you know, they, they say John Newsom, we're giving you an open entry to any event at the Olympics. Mm. You're sure you're going to be competing against the best in the world, but you're going to see. So with it, with our current abilities, so if we if somebody's a sixteen hour Ironman listening to this podcast, yep. and they say, but well, they might go, you know what? In my Ironman, my runs better, so I might do the marathon at the Olympics, mm. or they might go, I used to do synchronized swimming when I was a kid. I'm bringing it back. And do you get to go out race in the final, or are you just in the heats? We'll say final. Okay. <laughs> what you, what was your fastest hundred? Oh, I've forgotten hundred swimming. Or, yeah. Uh, I think like in, in a race, I don't think I ever went under a minute. In training, I did go managed to go under a minute. So, but I, but that's that, pretty good. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's Mine was not. about a minute seven. Yeah. No, I was basically 60 flat. Um, I was telling my classes the other day, you know, because, you know, they look at me as this kind of fit guy, and I was telling them how, you know, I think I once did like a minute seven for 100 and I died doing it. And, uh, and you know, these guys, what are they doing? 145? 40? Uh, I don't know what the record is these days. Well, John, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it out there that it's probably 47. I'm going to go. I don't follow swimming very much. Okay, well, you put it out there. You, I'm going to go 45. 46, 47. I don't think it's 45. 46 it at best. I reckon maybe 47. Okay, let's have a look. Long course. Um, That's the progression of it. 46.9. 46.9. Where are we looking? Scroll up. 46.9. Okay. That was in 2009, sorry. That's it's a 46.9 with an asterisk, though, because that would have been when they probably had the uh, They're not, speed not suits. now, have they? Not allowed to. Why'd they take that away? Just because... Because it was a stupid rule to start with, and they should never have allowed it. Uh-huh. That's pretty much why. I, I popped them an email, said get rid of those suits. <laughs> yeah. 
we've got a new city playing in Christchurch and John sent an email through, didn't you? I did send a submission through and yeah. they listened. And they listened and they listened. came back and they said, there's a new, new stadium we're calling it John Newsome Stadium. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting, um, like the one interesting thing with the swimming, whether, I don't know whether this seconds, is having much. John, that's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? It is pretty phenomenal. Uh, a lot of people couldn't do one length and that, let alone two lengths. Um, most people could. I'd say most, nearly 90% of the world couldn't. I'd say 99% of the world. Yeah, probably 99%. I would say proportion of triathletes, so that's a 132, um, 133, 100. So yep. I would say majority greater, greater than 50, over 50% could not do that for 100 metres. For, for, for 50. Um, but anyway, uh, the, sw- the swim blocks have changed with swimming. For, if you're watching any of the swimming, you look, they've got a little block um, part on the back of the block, so they can sort of do that running start now. What do you mean? Um, so they're basically, you know, you've got a dive block, which is a, you know, yep. normally on a bit of an angle, but then they've got this little tilted bit that's on the back, so, so you can have foot on reverse foot off that. So that's giving people a little bit more propulsion. Why by do the they change of- things to give people speed advantages? I don't have any idea why. Because then the records are all... <clears throat> It's just stupid. So, John, going back to the question we, of the week, we, we if you could turn up what, How long have we been going for? Oh, just, well, we John, we haven't got much else to talk about today, let's be honest. 47 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we haven't finished the news. Um, if you were to turn up to the Olympics <laughs> and you could race in any event, mm-hmm. what would you do? Well, that's the discussion for next week. No, but I'm just curious. I'll do the 100 metre final against Usain Bolt. You reckon? Yeah. What do you reckon you'll pop a 100 metre out in? Um, 14? Yeah, probably 14, uh, 14 or 15. Yeah. No quicker than that. Yeah. No way, no. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'd say probably 14 high. If you just can't slow. If I practice some starts. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be halfway down the track, wouldn't you? He'd be... be Two thirds, he'd be... I reckon 100's probably not a bad idea, actually. Do you know why? Because you get a lot of, you get in the stadium. Uh, and, yeah, that's yeah. right. And the whole world's watching the 100, first of all. But also, <clears throat> in the 100... We should have a 100 metre race. Okay. I could probably take you at 100. You could crush me. <laughs> you couldn't probably take me. You'd absolutely crush me. <laughs> it's like the 50 metre swim, wasn't it? Yeah, that was timing. <laughs> who was it was timing? I'm going to f- try to remember who was timing that. Sure. It was just such it was, a joke. It was 100 like, it was go. I felt I was cheated. Oh. I felt I actually went faster. But anyway, the thing is you don't look as bad. The thing in that, that swim, you had, you had people touching the wall who clearly were faster than the other people, and then the timekeeper who was taking no, up the time come over and their time would be quicker. No, John. It's just like, what no. are you, what plan John, are you on? John, don't be Graham Henry. Move on. Don't, okay. Don't go back to four years ago. So Bevan's topic is... If you were to turn up to the Olympics and, and you could race in any event, which one would you choose and which one do you think you could do best at? Yes, here we go. And when I do that in my 100 metre final, yep. I'm going to be wearing an SLS tri-suit. Oh, I love your work here. Yeah. And the reason I'm going to do that is I will have got... probably a, pay us a bit more money then I will that's good exposure. I will have got my 25% discount by using the code IAMTALK. So if I, 25% and then, John? I'm pretty sure it's 25. It's either 20 or 25. And uh, so get on it people and get yourself some new awesome looking kit um, and the other thing we want you guys to do is to give these guys uh, sponsors a bit of love if you have bought anything off them give them a bit of a plug on their Facebook page um, it's fantastic for them it's, it just helps their support of the show um, when they see people giving them a bit of love back if you haven't bought anything yet buy it if you're not going to buy anything at least give them a little bit of an I like on the uh, on their Facebook page so go to slstry.com um, and give them an I like or if you race at the weekend give them a bit of love oh Peter Verbrusik there he's an SLS uh, try yeah. and looks like he was probably racing at the world long distance champs there probably I'd imagine yeah he did he got 12th I think nice yep 
So we've got quite a bit of stuff on there, and lots of people, lots of people racing, and lots of people saying they're loving their stuff. So we do get lots of good feedback about SLS. So we do. seriously, okay, wait a second. What about other distances, John? Oh, these are just a hundred. Okay, sorry, distracted. Yeah, um, slstry.com, guys. Check it out. Twenty-five percent off of your discount code. I am talk. I'm going to put some music on, John. That's right. Fifty minutes for the new segment. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Here we go. Age group of the week. Love that music, eh? Because it's operatic. Because John were at the Olympics. That's right. Do you know who sent this one through? John Hancock. He's a good man. The mountain Snail. If there was one nickname that that really stuck, is the Mountain Snail. And it's partly because John Hancock uses that name uh, in most of his emails and stuff as well. He says the Mountain Snail. Yeah. Snail. So if you if you do get a nickname and you've ever seen us a message, make sure you use your nickname because yeah. then we use it on the show. Because we tend to forget all the nicknames we've given, but. He often even boom boom always does. I don't even know boom boom's name now because yeah. he doesn't even put his name on there. Yeah, he just goes boom boom. He, John Hancock even uh, just calls himself MS. You know, oh really? Sure he's got. His, is he okay? And he's even he's given got some MS. Yeah, <laughs> and he's even given his son the name Junior Mountains now. I know. So that name. Did, did you see the tattoo his son got? Junior Mountains now. Yeah. Actually, he sent through a photo. I'll put on this week's photo. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I've got John's problem. Um, Phil Liggett. Yeah. John Mountainsnail family, oh, mum, yeah. son, junior Mountainsnail, yeah. and himself. But guess what he's wearing, John? I'm talk top. I'm talk jersey. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Nice. Okay, most of the age groupers you have are real guns, Kona qualifiers, etc., which is absolutely right. Here's another Kona qualifier with real distinction for who qualified uh, for Kona this week. It was on the show that Andrew Messick announced that the Ironman Legacy program last year. It was too. We need Andrew back on the show, actually. We do. That is the all-time highest record show that we've had in terms of downloads. Was it? Oh, yeah, big time. We no, no, Brett Sutton. Oh, they're, well, they're about the same. Are they? Yeah, Brett, I think Brett Sutton will end up being bigger. Yeah, it's a lot. Because that was topical to the time. Mm. And also, Mecca did a blog for a while, mm. and and he uh, he got on, he started, Mecca's quite a good writer, mm. and he did this great blog for a while, and the last post he did was us about our show, and he put a plug on our show about that interview, mm. and then he stopped his blog. So if you go to Mecca's blog, it's always, uh, I think we get quite a bit of PR from that. Anyway, uh, Andrew Messick, okay, uh, people that have done more than 12 Ironman distances will get a slot for Kona. WC announced the first batch, blah, blah, blah. I suspect that everyone in the 100 people who qualified this way will have inspiring stories, which would be great to hear about on the show. But it's a great opportunity to recognise, how to say that name, John? Kingy Smiler. Kingy Smiler, that's a great name, from Wellington, who did the first and currently only Kiwi to have earned a Kona slot as a legacy legend. Kingy's done around about 16 Ironmen over the, over the years, 12 in New Zealand, and exotically Brazil, Lanzarote, WA and Australia when it was in Foster represented New Zealand in multi- multiple ITU age group world championships across all distances etc etc like my other recent nominations he does do he's good for the nominations yes. isn't he uh, it is quite staggering how much Kingy packs into his life he is a distinguished married businessman former partner of the top accounting firm Ernest and Young and now sits on oodles of companies and trust boards in New Zealand, including the Wellington RFU is the rugby union in between seeing him most weeks at Swim Squad, he usually visits visits three or four times provincial centres in New Zealand in intervening seven days, Harry manages to do all this and train seriously for Ironman is a mystery to me, he's always right up there in his age group but has never made 
to the roll down. Closest was in 2010. He's had a horrible year with back problems that the medical profession uh, have been pretty much given up on, but he's, he's worked through this. To be the first Kiwi on the Legacy Programme is a great achievement for his, someone of his status. Victories fade, legends don't. You've been listening to the stories of a true age grouper of New Zealand triathlon. Nice work, Kingy. See on see over there. It is cool, and, and that, that's why. To be honest, John, I think we need to take all the credit for the legacy program. <laughs> Go for it. Because about five years ago, yeah, we came up with the idea, didn't we? Sure on the we show, did. we did. We did. Yeah. We said we, there needs to be a way. We said ten. Yeah. We said. I'm going to give you the credit. I think you said ten. I, I think you're right. Actually, I'm going to take you. You have nothing. To do with I have it. nothing. <laughs> we said, look, there needs to be a way to reward people who, you know, we, we were frustrated. You were always frustrated with the lottery, weren't you? I am still frustrated with the lottery. Yeah. Too many slots to the lottery. I, I think there's a place for the lottery. Number of slots is different, but you know, John and I, we differ sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> and and uh, so we came up with the idea of a program. And a few years later, WTC announced it. Mm-hmm. They went to twelve. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's as great is because you've got a guy like Kingy, who you know is a passionate triathlete, is committed years of his life and financial commitment to the absolute massive, to to the absolute massive like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, and you know, it's these people who would. You know, desire the Kona experience probably more than someone who's done it in a couple of years. And as John points out, I think a lot of these people that have done greater than ten are often going to be quite hardcore athletes, and they may, well, I think, proportionally, they probably, hopefully, do a bit in their community as well, like Kingy, in terms yeah. of helping out. So sure, there's just going to be the guys that are the solo, um, you know, hermits who just go out there and, and race every year and do, do lots and lots of races. But I would think there'll be a good proportion of these people that do some real good for the sport. So yeah, I'm 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 happy for it. Yeah, no, totally. And so I think it's a great thing. And I think uh, Kingy, it's quite cool that someone like Kingy gets to be the first New Zealander to go under this kind of banner. Mm. So Kingy, you're you are a, a age group of the week. week. He's got a discussion here. Do you want to talk about this one? Uh, or do you want to say no, saving that for later? Okay. Sponsor. Right. I'm going to have that link and we'll see if we can get this so you can hear this. Can okay, we'll wait, spin so the mic around. The so the link's about what, John? Give us a bit of a. It's okay. basically extreme endurance. How long's the link? Uh, minute 20. Minute 29. Okay, here we go. I'm going to put it up to here. Up here. here we go, YouTube takes a while to come on. We're here at the Tour de France watching these athletes suffer every day. I mean, they're in the red zone on the climb. Let's talk about Tour de France. In these final field sprints. I'm here with Pork McGlynn, the director of performance at the Faster Performance Center. You have a product that's very inexpensive. So why would you tell to watch it? That could do just that. Absolutely. Extreme Endurance is a supplement that buffers lactic acid. It acts through the small intestine and releases some strong buffering agents that reduce your lactic acid by 15%. That reduction in lactic acid allows you to function aerobically longer, allows you to perform at a higher level and recover much, much faster. Now there's a lot of products out there that claim to be lactic acid buffers. What makes your product special? Well, the big difference with the product is is in the formulation. So three and a half years to get it absolutely dialed in and correct. Then a extensive double-blind placebo-controlled study, clinical study that validated that it does what it's supposed to do. By critical performance difference, are we talking a half a percent, one percent? What are we looking at here? That's a great question. So 15% reduction in lactic acid, and depending on the athlete and their circumstances in sport, a 10 to 20 percent increase in power. If I took this product, I can almost keep up going up some of these climbs with this year's Tour de France. At least short term. <laughs> Absolutely. Where can I get it? You can get it at xendurance.com. I think that you, you just basically didn't want to do the ad, didn't you? Exactly. You just there you go. <laughs> so, that was Robbie Ventura and Parrick McGlynn. Uh, 
they were doing some work during the Tour de France, just basically talking about extreme endurance. I thought I'd just give it another slant on it this week. So you go get your, ex- your extreme endurance at xendurance.com. And there was a question, there's a couple of comments on this page. I'm a 54-year-old and used to do duathlons. I went to Zoffingen for Powerman. If you want a big challenge, that's a tough race. It's just around, is it? Um, yep, my daughter plays college soccer. I would like to try this product and will purchase, but I am sceptical. It looks good. And then good old uh, Robin, Sandy's wife, came back and said, our kids actually play soccer. And, uh, and they're on it and they're cranking it. And the DC United um, team, which are in the major league in the States, have been using the product as well. Well, there you go. So Very check good. it out, xendurance.com, and uh, get your lactic acid buffer. Okay, let's put some music on, John. Coach's Corner's coming. Coach's Corner. It was called soaring music, and I put that on because it's Olympic theme this week. Yep. And uh, John is going to soar, soar Coach's Corner to the next heights. Next, okay. So you're going to talk about catching the wave. Didn't we talk about this last week? We know we, uh, we I promised I would, I would deliver this last week. Last week we talked about just open water swim tips, oh, okay. and this week we're talking about wave catching. I have done this once in the past, but it may have been like episode 46, so that was a few years. So ago. just go get his notes again. I, d- I tried to, but I, d- <laughs> I, d- I, d- I did actually try, but I couldn't find them. I, I think. Don't you hate that when you've done a piece of work and you know you've done it, and you try to find it and you can't find it? So with the Mac now, if I search by words, it will search documents, or does it just search the? I think it does search yeah, within so a document. That's, that's why I was. Um, yeah, it, just it, give me a word. It, it, um, I don't mean documents. Penis. On this penis. Oh my god, you've got so many results. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Thousand results. <laughs> Lots of images as well. <laughs> What's yours doing here? <laughs> okay. So, so wave catching. Um, the question came about because somebody is doing is doing Barcelona, which is an open water swim. And I don't. In, in reality, I, I'd be surprised if there's many Ironmans where you're actually in a, in a swim where there's going to be good surf rolling in. But there's certainly triathlons in Australia and so on. Where you actually will wave catching is an important. To be honest, John, who cares about triathlon? When you're at the beach, do you ever play King of the Waves? I don't know how do you play King of the Waves. Oh, you never play King of the Waves. Well, I may have done, but it may have called it a different name. Well, if you're mates, when you're at the beach mm-hmm. and you try to catch your wave together, it's who can go the furthest. Oh yeah, King of the Waves. Yeah, and you get up, King of the Waves. Yeah, I don't, don't say King of the Waves. Well, we'll next time we're at the beach together, just give them the wink and say, <laughs> "Crush you on that one." Yeah. Uh, so wave catching, I love catching waves. Exactly, and that's, this is a key part of it. Is you've got to practice lots to be able to, to become good and, and efficient at that and also I've got this in a sort of a high five um, you've got to get a bit of a feel for what it's like when you, you can sort of get a sense of when the wave's coming up behind you and the swell starting to come and, and that just takes quite a bit of practice so whenever you're, you're at a beach go out there and spend plenty of time practicing and uh, and just getting a sense of a feel for when the wave's coming up behind you and you can you can also get a sort of a sense of the, the rhythm of the waves in terms of how the sets are coming in and when you should be looking behind you for, for when they're coming so that's stage one step two is uh, is to actually sight when the wave's coming the easiest way to do that is to be sort of looking under your arm when you breathe um, you can turn all the way onto your back and do just a couple of strokes a backstroke as well um, but the easiest way to see when things are coming is, is to, to look under your arm 
Uh, step three, when you're actually coming to, to catch the wave, you need to be accelerating um, quite quickly as the wave and the swell starting to build up behind you and you're sort of feeling that, that you're getting lifted up a little bit. You need to accelerate really quickly and then the wave will sort of take hold of you. And when you do feel like the wave's got you and then you're starting to uh, basically come down the wave. Um, do you do the one arm? Do the one arm. Yes. Go do the one arm. Do you one arm out? Well, no, hold on. So, so it's, it's oh, a first step. Excited. You've basically got to keep going really, really quickly. And then you, once you, you've basically catching the wave and you're coming sliding down the front what you've got to do immediately is go be like a surfboard you've got to take um take your last big deep breath and then you've basically got to go into a full streamline position so if you've ever had a decent um, swim coach they should have taught you how to do a, a streamline that's sort of your your arms stretched out um with your head underneath your sort of your, your biceps and uh and you basically want to be going long and uh and basically be really rigid like a like a surfboard and you can't let your body crumble around or you'll, you'll start to sort of fall off the bottom of the wave but you've got to be tough in those situations you've got to hold your breath really well and you basically got to be like a surfboard and just ride the wave in then you'll sort of come to a stage where the wave sort of starts to, 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 to catch up with you, starts to slow down, your momentum starts to, to slow down, and that's when you go into the old one-arm side of it. So you have one arm out the front, and you're basically doing like a one-arm drill where you're spinning your other arm around quite quickly, trying to keep your head down still so your body stays flat in the water um, and trying to breathe to the side when you need to breathe. Um, but you want to try to hold that wave for as long as you can. So one arm out in front, um, generally your weaker arm. So for most people, their left arm would stay out in the front if you breathe to the right and then get that right arm sort of spinning around and trying to hold the wave for as long as you possibly can. And um, You want to get to the point where you feel you're going to die because you're holding your breath so long. Mm. That's it's the ultimate wave catching, isn't it? Uh, some would say that. Some would say that. Yeah, it's when you go to that next level. <laughs> uh, but that's the key thing is when when you come towards the end of that wave is trying to hold it for as long as you possibly can. So that's that's it in a nutshell. But you've just got to practice this heaps and heaps and heaps um, to, to it's become fun really good. But it. oh, it's wicked fun. I love catching waves. Yeah, I've never got into surfing. I just it was never my buzz. But. What, I remember, like I wasn't much of a beach kid, and then mm. when I was about, when I started to learn to swim, really, once I was kind of started doing triathlon, and I went to the beach and I started learning catching waves, and I was like, oh my god, this is so much fun! I could spend hours just catching waves. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, any other tips? A few other tips, Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> if you are in a race where it's, there's proper decent waves rolling in and they're really good ones for catching and you need to identify that before the race um, or in the days leading into the race, you are actually better off once you're into the wave catching zone is actually stopping and having a little bit of a breather and waiting for the waves to come and catch them in because you'll catch the people that are... The, the people fly that, past them, yeah, yeah, the people that keep on swimming and that aren't so good at catching the waves. You'll see this in... in uh, you won't... S- surf try. Sur- uh, yeah. I mean surf. And, and Ironman surf life saving in, in Australia and but, that's what we just do in my head in. Yeah. Because it just comes down to the wave catch. A lot of the time it You does. know, you'll get the guy who's in last place, gets the first wave, wins the race, and you go, well, it's a bit stupid. It's a gambling race. So you just got to get far enough ahead that you get one wave in front of them. Yeah. So, so that's what really the point there is um, if you are in big waves and you're good at catching waves, you're actually absolutely fine once you're in that drop zone of uh, where the waves, where you are catching them, to stop, take a breather. Turn around, just wait for the wave, catch it in, and you'll catch up the people that are in front of you. Um, just don't hit into them. 
Yes, so that's yeah. going to be another point that I've got coming up here. If it's a, just a really messy sort of choppy waves and stuff and they're not really very good ones for catching them, then you just basically want to be trying to ride the swell. So you do still want to be speeding up a bit when you get, you, you feel a swell is coming and you'll just get a little push each time um, that comes through. Uh, as Bevan just pointed out, once you are coming through the wave area or a swell zone, you're better off not drafting people because you just slam straight into yeah. the back of them. Every time you get a swell, you'll get it obviously one and a half metres or so before the person in front of you, you just end up swimming straight into the back of them. So you're better At off... speed too. Yeah, you're better <clears> off just uh, finding your own line and, and coming in. Uh, one other thing, as Bevan was pointing out, you know, you, you've got to hold your breath for a long time and you can go very anaerobic mm. when, you're, when you're catching waves. So if this was in an Ironman race, I would, um, you know, hesitate to say, or oh, just go and crank it and catch all the waves because it is a really big anaerobic effort. If it was a short course triathlon, you definitely want to be, um, want to be doing this. But in, a, in an Ironman race, for the elite guys and the fast age groupers, if you're good at practicing this, then it would be good for you. But if, you're, if it's not something you're really confident with, then it does take quite a bit of energy out of you and you just got to weigh up, okay, I'm going to gain... 20 15 seconds here by catching a wave if I can get it all the way in but it's going to be at a pretty high anaerobic cost so you just got to yeah cost benefit analysis as you're going through these cost things. benefit eh nice. yeah um just watching the swimming at the olympics it's amazing the distance per stroke isn't it oh but these those guys when you, if you've got it's like going and watch seeing a, a rugby lock or something they're yeah. big units but even just their turnover yeah it's almost like slow motion isn't it you kind of you know like you watch me, me swim when I try to get past it. It's a, it's a washing machine. Mm. But you watch them, it's just so impressive. There's, even when they're like that, you know, doing the breaststroke and they just go under the water and they just trust the glide. Like mm. it's just, it's a beautiful thing about swimming as a sport because most sports look, well, top athletes always look quite smooth and relaxed in the way they move. But in swimming in particular, there's just this calmness about their movement, even as they're going top speeds, eh? Until you get to like the 50 backstroke or something like that, then it's all arms and legs. Really? 50 backstroke is just like, really? Arms are just spinning. But no, you're right. They're, 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 uh, you can look at the runners and you can, you can often go, hey, they're incredibly fast swimmers. Like, we've just got no hope against them. No. No hope. No. Do you want to do sponsor or do you want to do website of the week? Do web uh, do website of the week. Okay, here's website of the week. More operatic music for you. Mm. Website of the week. And actually, it's a bit of a topical one this week because um, I got an email from David Nan. Yep. And did you send him to this one? Yep. I thought you would. So this we've got our Legends of Triathlon podcast coming out uh, in the next couple of days. What's um, today? It's the 30, 30th today, I think. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. So it's going to be uh, a bit of a bit of extra work for you, Bevan. Oh, great. Uh, so it our we've got a new sponsor on. Got there. a new sponsor yeah. on there, yeah. and it's Global Adventure Guide. And so there's an awesome there, thing the, happening. Website of the week this week is globaladventureguide.com. We, we did an interview with Axel Riser, who's it's going to be um, on Good the athlete. yep on the Legends podcast this week. But I also wanted to just give a bit of a summary about this website because uh, it was also topical because of this email that we got in, and he, David was asking about um, wanting to go sort of do a bit of a, a Tour de France sort of route. And basically, in 2014. Uh, the guys at Global Adventure are basically going to do the, tour the whole Tour de France as a tour and they're doing the course from 2000 was it? 2000 yeah so we're going to interview Axel about it on Legends when we release it tomorrow so um, 
It's but it, it's it sounds like like I have to admit I'm contemplating doing it. It's in my mind. It would just be such an amazing life experience. It is. So they're basically doing the Tour de France, um, and, and but it's going to take a lot longer than obviously what the Tour de France uh, takes. So I think it's uh, about forty, about around about forty days. I think it is. So it's basically taking twice as long as the Tour de France. Plus there's a couple of rest days in there. But the two thousand route was a real classic route. So you do some some really cool climbs, but. And, and you're doing around about 100k's-ish a day. So they knock that out in the morning so you have got time for sightseeing as well. So it can be a really nice combination between um, doing the awesome riding. If you wanted to do some tri-training, then they're going to have those options available to you as well there. Um, plus seeing some cool things and doing you know, doing oh, the, just, doing the full it, France experience. It would be something experience. you'd remember for the rest of your life. It would be... Yeah. Phenomenal. So you can go to Global Adventure Tour. Um, it is 2014, um, and but they're also doing it in 2015. So you can split it into two. You know, it's a long time to take off work. Um, so you can either do the full Monty and do it all in one year, or you can split it into two years and do half the tour in 2014, and then go back and do the other half in mm. 2015 because you're going to have two groups rolling each time through. But just an, an there's lots of. T- um, tour groups and stuff in France and you go over and you do little you know maybe a week-long camp or you do you know a few stages of the Tour de France and you watch it but this is the opportunity to basically ride the full route of a Tour de France once spread over 40 days and you will see some spectacular scenery I'm just as you said it's um it's a once in a lifetime thing isn't it again you know we've been over there for epic camp and we've done sort of seven day camps and you highlight you know we focused on one little area you know, either the Pyrenees or the Alps but this one here you get to do the full experience so very very cool idea um you know what it's interesting it's funny how your worlds collide but um i had a, a guy in my classes who always comes to my classes casey coming to my class and he'd just been over to europe and done one of their tours and he said he always uses them he said they're just really professional do a great product um <clears throat> yeah like it, it was funny because i didn't even know at the time and then i kind of put two and two together and i was like oh they're doing a tour de france he said yeah i might look at doing it so um yeah, so seriously. Cool. So it's, it's it's far enough out that you've got enough time to think about it. So it's 2014. Yeah, because six weeks is a big big yeah. commitment. But yeah. if you could make it work. And uh, and as Bevan said, these guys run tours all over the world. They do them in really obscure places as well, like Tunisia and mm-hmm. not the Tunisia and Greece are that obscure. But I think he's v- just Vietnam, under Tunisia. Yeah, yeah, Vietnam. Um, all over the place. So they did one through Colombia, went over the highest um, passes in the world. Uh, so they go all over the place, very experienced. You get good tour guides, good support vehicles, um, and yeah, check it out. So go to. Also, if you're not looking particularly for Tour de France, these guys also do tours all over the place, lots of mountain biking ones no, as well. Check out the photos, it's yeah. pretty awesome, isn't it? So go to globaladventureguide.com and just check it out and put it on your must do one day list. Also, if you're ever thinking about coming out to New Zealand, they do a lot of tours in New Zealand and they can do custom made ones so like if there's like six or seven of you they can basically come up with a tour for you and uh, and you can check out the best of New Zealand you know about doing a tour as well someone else does all the thinking for you oh yeah you know you just go along and do it and it's, it's, there's something quite cool about that if you want to go point to point it's almost the only way you can do it yeah true okay then so our sponsor of Coffees of Hawaii John I'm going to get a coffee fat you keep talking oh, okay so um, I think Father's Day is coming up isn't it in New Zealand is it I'm thinking that is. My daughter is. never gets me Father's Day. Yeah, well, um, Unless she wants something. Yeah. You know? So any, She any, made me a card once. Once. Mm-hmm. Any sort of gift giving you've got. Uh, remember Coffees of Hawaii have got gift cards. So they've got a $25, $50, $75 or $100 gift card. Um, so just go into coffeesofhawaii.com and you can check that out. Uh, so if you don't know what sort of coffee you want to get someone, try a gift card.
check it out. You gotta keep talking. Um, what kind of gift card would you get, John? I would get a red one. I'd get a hundred dollar one because I'm generous. Yeah, yep, that's nice. You got it. Oh, sorry, we're talking about something. Okay, coffee. Keep talking. Torsten's got quick notes on the first round of Kona qualifiers. We have to cover that next week, Torsten. Okay. Um, coffee, 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 coffee. Perfect. Uh, so other coffee information is they've got t-shirts on coffee supply uh, as well. I just oh. don't have myself prepared, John. Bevan Wake. Amateur, amateur yes. hour. That's amateur what it is. Uh, wait a second. What about a coffee fact? Okay. Are you using? Are you, are, you like, are you liking your Mac? Yes, I've had it crash a couple of times. Well, crash? Well, a Microsoft application has caused it to... Uh-huh, so my Excel has, my Excel's crashed and I've had to do the, what is it, the forced quit. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one from the oatmeal and this came through from uh, Patrick uh, Stoddard. Stoddard, I think it is. And um, it's got some coffee facts and I think a lot of them have already kind of covered, but have you been to oatmeal? Oatmeal is quite a good kind of website. Um, Originally, coffee was eaten. African tribes mixed coffee... Mixed coffee berries with fat, which forms edible energy balls. There we go. So coffee is energy balls as well. There you go. See, there's another great coffee fact. Great. If you want to get your coffee, go to coffeesofwai.com. Um, make sure you use the code IAMTALK. We've also got a number of other codes on IAMTALK.me if you want to get uh, recurring delivery, etc. So check it out. If you've got any questions with any of the sponsors, just pop them an email. We always get lots of feedback saying that they're very, very good at replying to any emails. Good. It's good. Nice. I'm just, I'm just loving this coffee. Um, okay, then. Um, is that it? That questions is it. and answers. Look, we've been delaying this and delaying this. We may have to delay it one more week. No, we've got time. Okay, we're going to have to hold, hold, No, uh, I do, but not quite yet. You've got Em's, Em's Facebook page. We've got to play. Okay, play. Well, while we're doing that, I'm going to talk about just these articles. So last week we talked about Wiggins. I was just, just having yes. a discussion on the show. And I've got a couple articles sent through. Now, sorry, I don't, I don't have it written down who sent them through, but two articles. There's the one that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Did you read that? I've, uh, yep, basically saying, why would I cheat? You know, I've got too much at stake. I've got a family. I've been working at this for, for so many years and totally believe all that stuff. But we hear a lot of that stuff from cyclists. Yes. Yeah. And, and a guilty person would never. Yeah. Although we're not saying we think he's guilty. No. But then there is an article on the mail. The mail is the mail a good newspaper? Was Daily it Mail. It's sort of, it's not a tabloid, but it's sort of in the middle, uh, I would say. Is it M's Power Cookies? M's Power Cookies. M's is one with an S. You've got M. Uh, Gold so, podcast. There, oh, there we go. She's a company. Yeah. Okay, so anyway. So, um, and then this reporter, has an interesting discussion. He kind of says Wiggins has definitely always been putting his hand up for, you know, the non-drugs and he quit his team once, you know, drugs and all the rest of it. And at that time he wrote this really interesting piece around saying, I'm not going to associate with anyone who's been done with drugs. Mm. And then, and he said, you know, there's a 1% chance I've got nothing to do with him. And then, like a year later, he's with Armstrong. And, um, when was he with Armstrong? Well, he wrote this piece, I don't know, he trained with Armstrong or something. I think he mm. was on, who was the next team, not Discovery, the one after that, before Discovery? I can't remember US the Postal. No, he was never on a team with Armstrong, but, well, but anyway. He must have trained with him and he was, yeah. he was in awe of the fact he got to train with Armstrong. And then, then when they brought out the Sky team, they had this, this reporter had this piece um, where he actually met the director of the Sky Team, I can't remember who it was, and he had this, showed him this contract of all the criteria if you want to be a part of our team. And basically it had, it, you know, we're not going to associate with anyone who's been done with drugs. But they ended up using one of the drug doctors who had been done for drugs. And so this report was kind of saying, Wiggins, you do put the big hand up. You know, you've said you're not going to do this, but a couple of times you have 
kind of gone against the grain of what you've said. Now that doesn't he? I don't know if he's necessarily implying that Wiggins is a cheat or not, but it was just a, a different view. And so I'll put a link there on WWE talking about me. I kind of hope he's not, and I kind of think he's not. Yeah, yeah. So um, here we go. Do you, oh, do, do, do you want to watch it again? It's not very good podcasting. Oh well, gives us a break. We can have a bit of a chat. <laughs> People like us. Okay, Bronny McSween. How long does it go for? Two minutes fifty-five. There's no way, John. Oh. M in the woods. Okay, we just play the start of it. See, babe. Regardless of genetic predisposition, what the almighty doc's proposition? The pills you take from those sowing seeds simply fill the coffers of the rich men's needs. It's take forever. You see, they have no care for you, my friends. Believe me when I say you must take control of your means to your ends. See, health is not about the latest study or fad. It's not about what they say is good for you or bad. The gadget or device the doc makes you have is just... It's actually pretty good, but it is very long. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a link to it on www.dogmine.talk.me. That's the intro, M the Poet. You know what's really impressive? She's obviously written it. Yeah, and then remembered it. I know, that's the thing. And her presentation sensational, although nipples is M. You said that last week. Did I? Yeah. Oh, him. Just him. I'll give him a smack around the head. Every person that entered the JD duathlon at the weekend, my latest duathlon, got a nice M's power cookie. Oh, rock the party. So if you want to get, um, get yourself some power cookies, um, especially for New Zealand or Australia, there's loads of people selling them. If you don't know where, um, pop him an email or post on her Facebook page, she'll tell you. And if you're outside New Zealand or Australia, unfortunately, you're yes, out of luck. She littered. I know, I was. Uh, she gonna, littered. Yeah. Well done, Em. Couple bit of feedback. Don't litter. Exactly. And she's in the beautiful nature of New Zealand, somewhere on some beautiful trail. Yeah. So check it out, emspowercookies.com, um, or you can search on Facebook for Em's Power Cookies. And, oh, she has got here. Don't worry, we don't litter. There you go. Just in case you're worried, we don't litter. There so, so there you go. Don't you hate it when you do something like that? You produce something you think really great, and you do one thing, everyone goes, "Oh, you littered." Exactly. Some idiot from some podcast. <laughs> Okay, um, anything else? Nickname's John. John, can we do them next week? Okay. Because John, you, what, he used to, what, what we used to do is John would always send me through on a Monday night what we had to do, mm-hmm. uh, or on a Monday. So I kind of deep down knew what I had to do, but he's got Dropbox. He's come to this Mac world, he's got Dropbox, which rocks. Mm-hmm. But he now just, he just thinks that I'm going to assume things need to be done. Yeah. And I don't look at the show notes at all the morning of the show. Mm-hmm. I get up at, at normally at half past five, had my breakfast, sit down at six o'clock, spend half an hour doing my prep for the show. But nicknames take a little bit longer than that. Okay. So I need a day's prep. Okay. So we'll do them next week. Okay. Yeah. What you no, ask? Que- no questions. Oh, I never no, got any, any, any other. No, it's Legends of Legends of Dryers oh, coming out tomorrow. We've got great Mike, interview. Mike Plant, and so that was one of the things with the Legends podcast. We don't want to just have the athletes on there. But having said that, next month. Got a pretty good one. Well, well, yeah, we've kind of already got some of the biggest legends of the show already, haven't we? Yes. What do we do after after that? Oh, then we no, we've got we've got gazillions. Oh, so you start gazillions of legends. We've got three guys like Peter Ree and Tim DeBoom, and um, there's a lot of champion athletes. And by the time, what we've about done the, the Europeans who? Yes, definitely. Rob Burrell is on my hit list. I've got to get a contact. Anybody's got a contact for Rob Burrell? I think I've got a couple of other Who's ways. Exactly why we need to do them. <laughs> um, but and, I mean, like you know, like Luke Van Leer. Yep. Do they yep. speak good English? Uh, should do Dutchies should should do yeah, yeah. better yeah. than we speak Dutch Germans and stuff is is They're pretty hit, good hit and miss um, but with them you're often better to uh, Thomas Hellregel person yeah I saw you interviewed him I know you did yeah the airport yeah no, no it was um, Lake Onanis no it was when I was in Root hmm? yeah nice I didn't know who he was so 
it's funny when you interview and you don't know who they are yeah. and then they tell you how they when they won Kona yeah. and you go oh really you won Kona <laughs> oh, great um, I'm a lot sharper nowadays <laughs> and so Mike Plant is on there and he tells us about him tells some great stories and he, he was going to the first media guy wasn't he he was and that's why um, he sort of went went away from the sport a bit as you'll hear but but um, a lot of the things that he was involved with very early on very much spawned into some of the, the really big things. You know, he was he was one of the Kona announcers earlier on. He was uh, the first person to really cover any of the sports. And we do have to go back to San Diego and that area, and that is really the, the birthplace of our sport. And the fact that they, that is where the, the, the USAT triathlon series sort of grew, and that's what got the sport into the into the media and and obviously that's what would have probably gained some momentum for the WTC to be formed and for these Ironman races to start spreading around the world there was in parallel there was obviously things going on in Europe that really helped the sport grow but um, I don't think we can go past what sort of how things change from the the base of San Diego I really love this interview and I loved it because you really got a sense of someone who actually grew the sport like the sport you know without guys like Mike Plant mm. our sport wouldn't be where it was today and, mm. and you know athletes were drawn to it but you know at the end of the day it's you know when we watch the Olympics I'm sure a lot of sports love the Olympics because it's great exposure for their sport mm. you know that we do end up watching sports that we may not normally do and some of those sports will inspire people to move towards those sports and you know when you you know you listen to Mike about where he started you know the guy was doing all the hard yards just because exactly. he believed in the sport so much not so much for a profit or anything and uh, you know and like he talks about um, filling his van up full of magazines like his whole van and, and, and post, deliver, yeah delivering, delivering all himself so. like driving around San Fran wasn't it and mm. you know and it's just kind of like you know it's, it's those seeds those guys planted that we can kind of look back on today and go wow you know it's pretty cool and I'm, I'm sure he looks back and put a pride in his work but it's a really really great interview and it's nice because he kind of shows like you're talking about athletes talking about each other but he also talks about athletes and you know he, he kind of lived his life with them didn't he and and also you get a different perspective because the athletes are inside the race they're looking at each other but then the, the guys like Mike are on the outside yeah. looking at and they may have a totally different take on how things uh, how things came out yeah I really enjoyed it so we'll put that out tomorrow it's www.legendsoftriathlon uh, if you haven't subscribed just go to iTunes and subscribe from there and uh, it's a bit of a no brainer really isn't it John it is and we have a blue 70 helix wetsuit on auction oh, this nice. month so get on that get on for a wetsuit get on it often goes for a bit of a bargain so mm. just um, okay um, lots of Olympic watching this week Bevan that's the main highlight for me this week and we had another big JD duathlon at the there weekend. we go who won um, Mike Phillips was fastest time. Uh, guy McCorkendale, Alan McCorkendale, I think was first across the line. Nice handicap race, kind of cool. You basically, you know, the first athlete starts on zero minutes. The fastest athlete um, goes we, back from that. Yeah, like that. We had some of our youth kids, like they were starting fifty minutes after the first person. Oh, really? Yeah, because they, they do a shorter distance. So then, within about three minutes. Um, in the finishing shoot, you basically have we had about 130 people finishing within, oh, so a, within about well. three minutes. So yeah. it was uh, it was a good times. Beautiful day. It was like amazing winter day. It was like 15 degrees. Oh, like it was beautiful. awesome. So it was good times. So this week's Olympics. Bevan, what about you? What's happening? Um, Olympics as well. I'm getting tired. Mm. I keep staying up late because for us Kiwis, it kind of starts about 8:30 at night, doesn't it? Mm. About 8 8:30, and it goes through to the middle of the night, and I. Pretty much last last night I went to bed early because I was just crashing, but I've been staying up to one or two every night. Really? Yeah. Well, come on, it's the Olympics. Mm. But it was a downfall on Sunday night because I had to teach at six thirty in the morning, so the alarm went off at five thirty and I wasn't mm. that happy. Mm. But it's okay. Um, did a killer workout for my friend Carrie. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did. I was telling John before the show, I'm a bit sore today because we did a thing called Club 500. And what you do, if you want a bit of a challenge, guys, um, if you want a bit of a challenge, here's a bit of a challenge for you, if you like a challenge. So what you do is you got to do it, for, you can do it for as many people as you want, but the less the harder. So we did it together, two people, and you've got to complete 500 star, no, squat, ear squats, I think she called it, which is basically just a standing squat, but you've got to go below your knees. So it's a deep squat. It's 500 continuous, so we can yep. get a rest. No, well... I'll, I'll explain and then you do 400 jump lunges so each leg equals one so you've got to jump up in a power propulsion lunge then you have to do 300 press ups and they have to be full press ups mm-hmm. then you have to do 200 burpees mm-hmm. and then you have to do 100 touch jumps onto a bench mm-hmm. so you, you, you have to get the height yep. and what happens is one person is doing the exercise so I might be doing the ear jumps uh, ear squats I should say and while, while I'm doing that you're running back and forth but do you have to do 500 consecutive together yeah, so so, so I might I might do fifty and I'm shared and I take yeah. you in. You so count you can 50. choose when you want to stop. Yeah, yeah, but you well, you never stop because you got once I finish my squats. Yeah, but you could choose to do 50, 70, 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so <clears throat> I'll do fifty. You take it and you do another fifty. While you're doing that, I got to keep running. So five hundred in total or five hundred between you? Five hundred between us. So you, you might do two hundred. She might do three hundred. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, she yeah. probably did. 450. 450 to yeah. 50, yeah. I okay. did about five a time. She did yeah. about 45. It was good. Yeah. Worked out well. And then, uh, and then and then once you've done those 500 of those, then you do 400 jump lunges. Mm-hmm. And But it's good because what happens is it kind of creates a bit of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I'm probably a little bit fitter than Carrie, but she's a pretty fit woman. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because like the press-ups were getting pretty tough. Like I think mm-hmm. I did I did 50, and I thought she might do 30, and then she did 50. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, that press So then I think I did – Another maybe I've done sixty and she did forty, so I thought, okay, sweet, I'll do I'll do another fifty, she'll do thirty, and I'll do the last twenty. So I did fifty again, then she did another fifty, mm-hmm. full press ups, man, crazy, pretty impressive. And then going from that to doing burpees because mm-hmm. your arms are ruined, mm-hmm. and then burping and running, and then at the end of it, you have to do ten sets of sprints. So over kind of like a forty meter, you got to sprint for ten seconds, you get ten seconds rest. Nice. So it kind of really blasts you at the end. It was a great workout, but I tell you what, take? Oh, it took us thirty minutes, which is actually pretty good. Cool. Yeah, oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we kind of smoked it. Like yeah. we did it. It's one thing we because Carrie and I were training some instructors. A couple of weeks ago, and we took them through it, and they took about forty-five. So we're, mm. we're, we're pretty sharp. Yeah, nice. it was good. Yeah, so so did that, and uh, so I'm feeling pretty sore. Very good. Yep. We're going to do our Legends podcast uh, info now. So I mean, I, I, I can't tell you more about my week. Big, big, big story, Bevan. Oh, okay. What else have you got plans? Olympics, and you've done. I had a dream about you the other night. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good time to be sitting next to you now. <laughs> All those images we saw on your computer before. <laughs> <laughs> the image of you that's where I got it from yeah, um, yeah it was a weird dream too I'll tell you about after the show because it was a bit odd okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. let's wrap it should up should we get separate apartments in Kona <laughs> we should <laughs> I'm Russ I'm Indo train hard train smart kia car yeah.